2: Connect with
0: Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome, your host of Grill Nation, always dressed up and ready to go, even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, and welcome to a Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on KMBZ 980 AM. And I appreciate you joining me today as well on the web on GrillNationShow.com and via podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio today. Uh, Big show today. I'm really excited. We're going to have a host of different topics to talk about. Some really, really great uh, guests. And before I get to them, I want to introduce and thank our partners and supporters of the show. Uh, The title sponsors of The Grill Nation Show on KMBZ 980 AM are Trusts, MoBank, BOK Financial, Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. Really appreciate all their support every month uh, usually de- delivering great guests and uh, great people over there at those organizations. also want to thank our on-air contributors and some of our guest hosts to the show, the Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan maybe a bi-monthly guest on Grill Nation Show, uh, One Light Luxury Apartments, and Reactor Design Studios' Clifton Alexander, who's also a uh, guest every month as a guest host and on-air contributor the show, brings a lot of knowledge in the branding and marketing space. On today's show, we are going to start off with Barry Grissom, who is a former U.S. attorney. Uh, we're going to talk about cannabis prohibition. Uh It's going to be a real interesting conversation. I've never really delved into this topic, but Barry has a long history as a U.S. attorney uh, for the District of Kansas, and he's a legal industry veteran, and uh, really excited to have him on the show. He was appointed uh, by President Barack Obama in 2010 uh, to the U.S. attorney position. He's now in private practice. So we're going to start off with him in our first two segments. And then our third and fourth segment today, we are going to have on a good friend of mine, uh, grew up with this guy, uh, actually went to grade school and high school together. Todd Mackin, who's the vice president of sales at the Kansas City Mavericks, formerly the Missouri Mavericks. Uh, I want to have him come on and talk about some of the rebranding of the uh, Kansas City's hockey team as well as talk about some of the exciting things they have going on over there. Uh, he's, uh, he's a busy man, but I'm excited to have him in studio today here in our third and fourth segments to talk about what is going on with the Kansas City Mavericks as well as hockey here in the Kansas City region. You can connect with me on Twitter, at Jason Grill, and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also available on other social media handles. Just search for Jason Grill, such as Snapchat, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, let's get started here with our first guest, uh, Barry Grissom. Welcome to the show. Former U.S. Attorney for the District of Kansas. Uh, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Glad
0: to have you here. Uh, never met you in person, I don't believe. You know, we I was in politics for a while, but always have been kind of Curious as an attorney, as someone who's been kind of in the public affairs world, but had heard your name many times, but never uh, connected with you. So I'm happy to have you on the show. Well, I'm glad to be here. Glad so to be tell here. us about your background first, and uh, we'll get into more of the cannabis topic here in a little bit.
2: Sure. I was in private practice here in Kansas for a little over 27 years. Uh, I represented folks uh, in uh, discrimination claims, uh over failure to pay overtime by employers to employees. Uh, basically, what I like to call people law. Mm-hmm. And uh, which was kind of a nice feeder or segue to what I did as a U.S. attorney. Uh, I always viewed the U.S. attorney's office as one of those great positions where you could do great good, mm-hmm. and you had the power of the federal government behind you to do those things. So it was uh, an amazing opportunity. And uh, so I just, you know, I, I miss it every day. So, so
0: when you were in private practice, take us through the. The uh you know how do you become a U.S. attorney? I don't think a lot of people know that. No, they don't. <laughs> and uh,
2: as I, I as when I, mean, I as maybe some of your listeners may know, there are 93 United States attorneys mm-hmm. at any given time in the country, and that's because there's 93 federal judicial districts. And you represent the interest of your client, the United States of America, whether it's a matter of bringing a criminal charge against somebody, or whether you're uh, representing the interests of the Social Security Administration mm-hmm. or the Veterans Administration. So all those governmental agencies, uh, is your, are your clients. Uh, I bec- was, uh, active in Kansas politics and I had the great luck and good fortune to be, uh, good friends with Congressman Dennis Moore, mm-hmm. uh, who I still, uh, think just the world of will give me this opportunity. And it he was a
0: very pragmatic, uh, legislator. He was. He
2: was, he, he was, Dennis was a consensus builder. Mm-hmm. Dennis was not an ideologue. Uh, Dennis, I think, encapsulated what is the best above a public servant. He uh did such an amazing job with uh, being responsive to his constituency. Uh, I don't think there was a weekend that Dennis didn't get back to the district mm-hmm. uh, to be at any number of events, but he always made himself available to folks. Uh, he wasn't a hard and fast partisan. Uh, I, I miss – that kind right. of politician in right DC. We need that right in, now. In, indeed. So indeed. you had
0: a relationship. You never were an elected official, but you uh, kind of were uh, active in politics.
2: Yeah, I was never elected. i served, uh, as Dennis's legal counsel in his very first congressional race. Um, and after president, uh, president, well, then Senator Obama, I was part of a fundraising team, mm-hmm. uh, for the Senator. And, uh, after the president, the Senator, then won, became president. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a call and uh, from uh, Dennis and said, uh, what would you think about being a United States attorney? Would
0: That's you have a, any it's interest? an interesting call to get, right? <laughs> a- abs- absolutely. <laughs> as it's not, a lifelong it's, lawyer.
2: It's not, abs- absolutely. As a lawyer, I tell everyone, it's, it's the best job you'll ever have as a lawyer. Because all those reasons you used to tell your mom and your dad and your friends of your parents about, this is why I want to go to law school. Mm-hmm. I got to do all those things. Wow. And you're the U.S. Attorney you get to be out there not only to protect people and communities, but you also are out there not only protecting them from bad guys, but protecting their civil rights, mm-hmm. doing the things necessary that people can go to their house of worship and, and not fear for their safety, mm-hmm. uh, You know, be able to uh, exercise your right to vote, be able to do all the things that we as American citizens just take for granted. But you're able to be the watch guard, the guardian to make sure those things happen.
0: Do so you go through a confirmation process, right?
2: You do. You are you are nominated by the president, then you will go through a very lengthy vetting process. Mm-hmm. Uh I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. <laughs> it's uh and then you're ultimately uh confirmed by the Senate. Mm-hmm. And after you're confirmed, uh you're a member of the executive branch. You are uh, uh, so you working and We
0: know that's man. a tough process for a lot of guys and gals it, out there.
2: It is. And you know, I like to say that mine moved at uh I guess what they would in DC call light speed. My vetting was only 7 months long. Uh what they do is they ask you to give them 25 names of people to talk to, and then they ask those folks for names. So I think in my vetting uh process, over a 100 people were That's questioned. interesting. Yeah. Uh I'm 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 sure there's a, a Couple of them out there that they didn't find, it probably would have hindered Maya, but, but, uh, luckily everybody said good things, I guess.
0: So you did that, uh, until, uh, Obviously, there's a new administration. So, mm-hmm. April 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, that was an interesting thing. Now, you represent most of Kansas, or was it just Topeka, what, Wichita? What was your area?
2: Well, we, uh, you're the U.S. Attorney for the District of Kansas. Okay. The entire so the federal state. district. Yes. Yeah. The entire
0: federal district. Because yeah. in Kansas City, you know, we have the Western District, the Eastern District. That's right. In, Ka- in, in Missouri, on, in Missouri, me.
2: right. And, and most, a lot of states in the Midwest, like, you know, the, the Dakotas, uh, Nebraska, uh Colorado, Nevada, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. That's a single judicial district, so you have one U.S. attorney. But there are states like Missouri where you have eastern and western. You know, I think Florida has three, California has four, uh New York has, I think believe, three.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh Barry, okay, now you are in private practice, but we want to talk to you today. You reached out to me about cannabis prohibition. So we're going to get into that in our uh next segment with you. Uh, really interested to hear about your take on this and uh, why it's so important you're listening to Grill Nation with Jason Grill my guest uh, today is Barry Grissom following Barry we'll have Todd Mackin from the KC Mavericks thanks for joining us today on 980 AM KNBC. Oh! Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me again today on 980 AM KMBZ and on uh, iTunes and Stitcher Radio, as well as at my website, grillnationshow.com, where you can find all of our shows, info about our guests, as well as photos of our guests in the studio. We're talking to Barry Grissom, who's an attorney and a uh, former U.S. attorney for the District of Kansas. Uh, really good person. He's got a lot of uh, experience as an attorney and and working for the United States of America as U.S. Attorney from 2010 to 2016. Wanted to have him on the show today to talk about an interesting, evolving topic, which is cannabis prohibition. Uh, I don't know enough about this topic, so I figured Barry could enlighten us. And Barry, uh, what made you interested in this? Uh, obviously, when you were uh, working as a U.S. Uh, attorney, I'm sure these issues came about every once in a while.
2: They did indeed. And, and it interested me, uh, quite frankly, because I'm a former federal prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And I think I had a somewhat unique perspective, uh, to see how, uh, our laws, uh, were enforced. And, uh, I believe that cannabis prohibition is morally wrong. I believe it's, I believe it is, is an affront to us as Americans for our own individual liberties. As I still people, and I shouldn't have to say this, but I said anyway, I don't use, but by that same token, I don't drink bourbon. And I don't drink scotch. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't say that in my own home, if I'm not harming anyone, I should be able to involve myself in any of those. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, there are 30 states
0: in the union. There's 30. 30 states in the
2: union that have some level of.
0: And that's got to be in the last four or six years, I would think. Oh, absolutely.
2: And in in the last election, uh, uh, we're now up to eight states that have full recreational use Mm -hmm. in the state of Colorado last year. And you got to remember it's, it's a cash sales business because the banking laws haven't been changed. Um, In the state of Colorado, their reported sales of cannabis products was $1.3 billion, Mm -hmm. which meant $200 million went in revenue to the state and it created 18,000 full time jobs. (laughs)
0: Now, and, and I know I, I got to tell you this. I was actually out there. I'd mm-hmm. not been there since maybe I'd been there but not actually in Denver and I uh when working on a, with the group uh went to a, con- a retreat and the governor was there mm-hmm. and uh, the the mayor and uh very pragmatic guys but uh it's interesting. It's just a different when you've not been to a state where it's it's legal uh, yeah. recreationally it's a different kind of interesting because you know you see I I was standing by the convention center and I saw like two security guards next to uh people selling it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is, this is, this is weird at first. And one
2: of the reasons why they have security guards is because it's a cash business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't use credit cards. Okay. They, I didn't can't know get, that. they can't get involved because you are in effect from a federal standpoint. Cause you got to remember, even if a state says it's okay, mm-hmm. it's still a schedule one drug,
0: mm-hmm. just
2: like heroin. If you can believe that. Wow. It's on the same it, it, heroin. So you can be federally prosecuted. Now, we got away from that when what was known as the Cole Memo. Uh, Jim Cole was a deputy attorney general of the United States during the Obama administration. And basically what he set out in his memo was if a state has a regulatory scheme, much like regulating alcohol, and that state, through referenda, decides that that's what they want to do, like Colorado, Mm -hmm. then the federal government is not going to come in and preempt and try and take that away. Now, with uh, Attorney General Sessions, that's really questionable whether that whether the cold memo and what it stands for is going to be allowed to stand.
0: So uh, as far as the country goes, you said eight States now have recreational correct cannabis use. Uh, and, and, and they're not all blue States, right?
2: That's absolutely correct. Uh, and also I'll throw this in, uh, next year there'll be full recreational use in all of Canada.
0: Okay.
2: But yeah, you know, and when I talk to my friends who are in politics and they kind of shy away from this, I, I, I think it's a winner and I think it's a winner for this reason. Uh, Fort Hayes State University, every two years, does a large, um, very expansive uh, 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 polling about issues that are important to Kansans and what they will or won't accept. Uh, do we want tax increases on this or that? What about education? Well, one of the – back in 2014, I believe it was 63 percent of Kansans believed in com- uh, complete open use. Hmm. Sixty-eight percent believed in at least medical use. Mm -hmm. That's here in Kansas. You know, that was a few years ago too. Yeah, and Mrs. You know, you look at the last election. You know, Mrs. Clinton didn't carry North Dakota. She didn't carry Florida. She didn't carry Arkansas. She didn't carry uh, Montana, Wyoming too, right? And Wyoming, all those states now have medical marijuana. So that tells me it's not an issue of red state blue state. I think it's an issue of people look at of individual liberty, individual rights. If I'm not harming someone and there is a regulatory scheme in place like they have in Colorado, then why shouldn't we have this? Why shouldn't we be able to do this? Well, the big reason is it's still a Schedule I drug, and that's going to be up to somebody at the uh, Senate and congressional level to
0: change. So we're sitting here in Kansas, but obviously we have a lot of people that live in Missouri I don't. Maybe a little bit. It's going to happen. Maybe through the petition initiatives. I would think referendums. I mean, because I don't see a legislator in these states being bold enough to do this. Exactly.
2: You, you, Jason. You really hit the nail on the head. And all these states where it's passed, it's done by the people. So this is this is a situation where the politicians are not leading, but they're following the people. Mm. In 2018, it will be on the ballot. In Missouri, oh well, okay. yes, okay. there there is a there is a petition drive so, so right. So for, for
0: medical, I, I I assume that'll pass for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. I think
2: so because when you look at look at uh, look a couple of perspectives, um, right now we have an opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. In states where you have medical marijuana or even recreational marijuana available, opioid use decreases by twenty five to thirty percent.
0: Wow, I did not know that
2: when you have someone who suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder and has come back from Iraq or Afghanistan, why should that person have to take uh, this whole milieu of a rainbow of these different pharmaceuticals? Why not let them start with cannabis? If that doesn't work, then they can graduate to something else. Why give them these kind of psychotropic drugs Mm -hmm. that uh, really make them very lethargic and they can't do much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But from a, from a prosecutor standpoint, and I'm very law enforcement friendly. And this is what I tell folks. I who, think we need to remind yeah.
0: people of that. Is You yeah. were a, a federal prosecutor, a U.S. attorney. You yeah, dealt I, with you dealt with absolutely. many I, violations I, of crimes. I would,
2: I would prefer because one of the things you find out when you are a U.S. attorney is that you have a finite amount of resources, in our case, to run three offices uh, and to pay your people, to pay your rent, and to prosecute things. So what are your priorities going to be? It seems to me that if we were to do away with prohibition, that would save law enforcement. Not only would it be, generate revenue for the state, mm-hmm. but it would also allow more revenue for, with the, with, for the, uh, for law enforcement to keep us safer in our homes, our churches, our communities, our schools, uh, as opposed to spending time of investigation, interdiction, arrest, prosecution, and incarceration of our fellow citizens. Because let's face it, that $1.3 billion I said that was reported to sell in Colorado, guess who it didn't go to? It didn't go to organized crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't go to yeah. gangs. Yeah. It went into the it coffers of the state. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think people have to kind of take a step back and look at it subjectively, or excuse me, objectively, and not get mired in all the subjective kind of little stories we
0: hear. Where do we stand in Kansas with this in 2018? Well, We have a governor's it, race, obviously.
2: There was a there was uh some legislation pending this year uh dealing with issues of, of medical use. I don't believe it got out to to the floor for a vote. Um I would I would recommend, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, anybody who's running for office in Kansas, I think they need to make this at least one of their items, if not a centerpiece. This is about individual liberty, it's about adult responsibility, it's about generating additional revenue without raising our taxes. It's about job creation. I can't see how all those things are bad for a campaign. I think those are winning themes.
0: Yeah, I I feel like around the country it's becoming, obviously, normalized a little bit. Um, I don't know how much about it is here, though, it's becoming. Maybe I need to see that more and look at more of the polling data that you saw. Um, Obviously, Missouri, they're taking the first step with medical marijuana in 2018 on the ballot. I'm wondering why they didn't just go go for a recreational, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a signature thing, I don't know.
2: Yeah, and that's and that's really that's that's a very good question. I I think a lot of times and I can't speak to the folks uh who are doing this in Missouri, but a lot of times people look at it incrementally. Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that look at it as an adult. Look at the facts. What's the data? Let's look to states who have done this. Let's look at Colorado. The sky didn't fall down in Colorado. No. You know, people aren't running rampant in the streets. If anything, Mm -hmm. they're building more schools with their revenue. They're using that money to address people who have alcohol and drug dependency problems and gambling dependency problems. You know, somebody said, it'll never pass in Kansas. And I said, well, you know, I'm showing my age, but I remember we didn't have liquor by the drink in Kansas. (laughs) I remember when you couldn't gamble in Kansas. Well, you know, it's it's just a matter, I think, of folks sitting down and, as I like to say, having an adult discussion and something that's a policy-driven discussion that I think if people – Look at Colorado. If they look at, you know, California's going to go recreational here in a year. That's, that's one sixth. That's the sixth largest economy in the world, California.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Uh, yeah. It's not fully recreational there. I feel like I thought it was. Nope. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been, <laughs> I'm walking it's been, around been, Venice beach and I'm like, hey, there's a, there's a marijuana store or yes, cannabis yes.
2: Well, you had to have, you had to have your card, which oh, again, right, the I card, believe yeah. is, a, I believe a complete fallacy. Let's admit to what it is mm-hmm. and either let each state have that discussion. If we don't want to do it in Kansas, so be it.
0: I think it's true to, good to say that you don't, uh, you're not a cannabis person. Absolutely you?
2: not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I, and I that th- probably
0: would have came out in your vetting process for the uh, well, U.S. attorney position.
2: Well, <laughs> uh, well, actually, if you had been a user since you passed the bar, you were disqualified for the position. That's, yeah. that's why they're having lots of trouble hiring young folks into the FBI, the Secret Service, and into different positions in government yeah. that have certain types of security clearance. So mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a real challenge.
0: It really is. Uh, Barry Grissom has been our guest on the show We're talking about cannabis prohibition. Uh, Barry, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this information. It's a real interesting topic. I think it's something we need to follow here on the local level as well as on the national level as we move into 2018. If you want more information, I'd just say go to Google and Absolutely. try to find some things going on in Missouri and Kansas. appreciate your wealth of knowledge, and it's a pleasure to have on a, uh, a good guy and a former uh, U.S. attorney on the show. appreciate it.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: We'll be right back after the break with more Girl Names. I got that sunshine in my pocket. got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh. Don't give up. And Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill here on Cambie Z, 980 a.m. and on podcasts via iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Appreciate you joining us as well on grillnationshow.com. Uh, appreciate you connecting with me as well on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Briefly, want to thank our partners and supporters again for all of their support of the show. The title sponsors are Trusts, Mobank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors. Also, contributors of the show are The Rieger KC, J. Rieger Co., One Light Luxury Apartments and Reactor Design Studios. Hope you enjoyed our first few segments. thought it was very interesting uh, to hear from Barry Grissom. Going to uh, change topics here and uh, talk a little bit about sports. And uh, a good friend of mine uh, has not been on the show yet, which is surprising. We've we've talked once before, I believe, about the Missouri Mavericks. Uh, They've actually uh, done some rebranding here lately and are now known as the Kansas City Mavericks. Uh, we have Todd Mackin, who's the Vice President of Sales at the Kansas City Mavericks here in studio. As I mentioned in the uh, first segment today, we uh, grew up together in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, North. North Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, North, Parkville area. Uh, went to grade school and high school together and have been lifelong friends. And uh, He's a, a great guy here in Kansas City. and uh, It's a shame we haven't had you on yet, but welcome to the show. Thanks for having <laughs> me, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it's it. It's good to have you. Thanks for bringing in some gifts. We'll put these up on the uh website and on uh, snapchat and instagram video but uh, brought in a bottle of wine uh a can't mavericks uh pint glass a charlie hustle t-shirt and a new puck huh yeah, cool, huh? Showcasing
1: our new affiliate. Um, some of these are our partners. Uh, Stonehouse Winery does great wine out in Lee's Summit. Obviously, Charlie Hustle, everybody knows we've got a good collaboration going on with them. You can purchase their, uh, Mavericks t shirts at, uh, their store online, at our team store, or even at Shields and, uh, a couple other locations throughout the metro. But really cool partnership with them. And then, uh, our pint glasses with, uh, with Budweiser and um, and County Beverage. So really cool stuff that we're getting out through the marketplace and, and really trying to get the uh, the rebrand out and going.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll get to that in a second. The website again is kcmavericks.com. Uh, tell us about your background, Todd, because you've, uh, ever since you graduated, you got your MBA uh, from UMKC, right? Correct. You uh, kind of started working in the sports industry, and I know a lot of people out there that's something they want to do in their life. You've made a career out of it. Uh, it's a tough profession to get into. Uh, there's a lot of people that want these types of jobs. So take us through kind of your uh, progress through the uh, sports world and how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, um, right after college, once I uh, got my MBA, I got into youth sports. So I uh, helped run a youth sports league up north of the river, uh, Northland Sports Alliance. Um, we built a new facility up there, uh, Tiffany Hills Park, and uh, ran uh, multiple sports and, and really, really enjoyed the youth side of things uh, Getting involved with the kids, helping see growth, helping see, uh, kids, um, you know, even uh, get them their first job as an umpire. Um, but wanted to really see, uh, what I could do on the professional side of things and, uh, uh got an opportunity with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, kind of had, uh, multiple roles there on the tickets mm-hmm. suites, um, and sponsorship side of things. And, got and that an was
0: in some of the lean years too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We were <laughs> it was a very an interesting transition while I was there. Um went from Carl Peterson to uh Denny Thume and then um on to Mark Donovan and, and Scott Pioli and that crew. Um Mark is still there and, and Scott kind of moved along as many of you guys know. But uh, very, very interesting uh, couple of years uh, mm-hmm. while while I was there. Uh there were some really good times uh when they made the playoffs with Matt Castle and some <laughs> not so good times when they went two and fourteen. So um it was a really, really nice organization to work for, a very good learning experience um but the mavericks offered me an opportunity to come in there and run my own department um on the sponsorship side of things uh really wanted to step up their involvement in the community um and i was excited to kind of take on that role um it's been very very rewarding and fun you really feel like a part of the team uh you get to make decisions and and continue to grow a a brand that that i personally am very passionate about um and and continue to grow a sport in this marketplace that uh has uh has a lot of room to grow um Mm -hmm. So and
0: when did the team uh, actually become a team? How long so ago we, was that? This would be our ninth season. Ninth season. So yep. you started; it had already been established. You came on about six, seven years ago. Correct. Yep. Okay. Six years Can't ago. Believe it's been that long. Yeah. It's uh, it's really been interesting. And then we've even taken a next
1: step uh, two years ago when Lamar Hunt Jr. Um, purchased the team. So um, continued growth. And then we, you know, obviously the Kansas City Mavericks side of things um, is really, really an exciting next step for us. Mm-hmm.
0: So you've kind of been around for uh, the growth of this company or this team both from a corporate standpoint and from the on the on the i standpoint um very interesting how it it's grown pretty fast
1: yeah i mean we've doubled um our corporate number um since i've been there um almost we're almost to the point of tripling that number our ticket sales continue to increase um i think our brand continues to grow in this marketplace and and we've had a lot of opportunities to see uh, the sport grow not only from our area but the youth side of things with Unifying Kansas City hockey with the KCYHA. So,
0: so where, where do you guys play your uh, games at? At the Silverstein Silver
1: Sign Ice Centers Stein Arena. Center. Um, it's at the corner of I-70 and 470. Mm-hmm. Can't miss it. a uh, lot of Mavericks branding on that building. Uh, it's a 6,000-seat venue, uh, perfect for our sport. Uh, we sell out about three-fourths of our games, mm-hmm. mostly on the weekends and, and have a really, really strong fan base. Uh, not only our season ticket holders but the individual purchasers and the group purchasers have really been uh, supportive of
0: our, our team and our continued growth mm-hmm. and uh, what when's the season start it's it's uh fall right yep we start in October um, and we run through April
1: uh, Playoffs start in April and the the playoffs it's run long it's June. a long
0: year for people to come out and see the team
1: no doubt we have 36 home You're games every weekend almost every weekend yeah you get that opportunity to come out
0: there uh, it's cool. October, huh? Okay. So, uh, season ended it recently wasn't the best year for the Mavericks, but they've been a perennial, uh, powerhouse in the playoffs, right?
1: Yeah. We've, uh, made the playoffs of our you know, eight seasons, six of the eight. Um, and, and got had some deep runs in a lot of those years. Uh, haven't won the cup yet, but we're still, uh, hoping mm-hmm. to
0: get there. And I think our affiliation change will, will help us on that direction. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Um, talk to us about the, the league, the level of play. Uh, so, people know what what they 're kind of seeing out there I'm obviously, people are familiar with the n h l uh and we 'll get to that with your affiliation, but tell us about kind of the level of hockey we 're going to see when we go out to a mavericks game so we 're double a hockey
1: we 're the double a affiliate of the calgary flames um Our goal is to develop players that have been drafted by an n h l team um and develop uh people that we 've uh signed and 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 hope to develop them into n h l players as well um very similar on that side of things to what you would see with baseball, you know. Eric Hosmer didn't start with the Royals. You know, He, he worked his way up. He worked, played in Northwest Arkansas. Probably had a little stint in Omaha. Same with all those guys have had to take those steps. Uh, hockey's very similar in that, uh, that capacity. Mm-hmm.
0: We're talking to Todd Mackin, who's the VP of Sales at the Kansas City Mavericks. The website is kcmavericks.com. They're on Twitter at kc underscore mavericks. Okay, Todd. So throughout the years, you guys have worked with different NHL teams. Uh, Recently, you announced uh, a partnership and affiliation with the Calgary Flames. Talk to us about how that process works uh, and and what goes into that, getting that affiliation and what it means for the team.
1: Well, that's a lot of work uh, by our ownership and uh, our general manager, Brent Thiessen. Um, Finding the right uh, partnership is, is a lot to do with the hockey operations side of things. So on the business side, while it is very, very important for us to be involved with an NHL team, um, which if it's not the Blues or really the Blackhawks in our market, it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. uh, on the business side of things, we definitely want to be associated with that team, but where this will really help us is on the hockey operations side of things. And mm-hmm. and While I'm not um, involved in that much and I don't get to, to make decisions on player personnel side of things, I do really, really appreciate the passion that our head coach, John Scott Dixon and Brent Thiessen put into this and then our ownership of Uh, making sure that we got the right people in place, the better team we have on the ice, the better, the better we will be, um, as far as attendance and, and, you know, marketplace recognition. And, and obviously the more deeper we go in the playoffs, the more, uh, the city rallies behind a team like this.
0: Is there, so how many teams are in the league? There's 28 teams in our league.
1: Yeah. And, uh, it runs from Alaska to Orlando. The Northeast is yeah. where, there's a lot in the Northeast. We go all the way out to Salt Lake City. So uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of traveling, a lot of long bus rides for these guys. <laughs> you know, uh, we fly uh, sometimes, uh, but uh, in the ECHL, a lot of those are bus trips. Um, you know, sleeper buses where those guys get get on a bus and head over to uh, Wichita or Tulsa or down to Dallas. Or you know, uh, we typically fly when we head really far east. But uh, once they get to the American Hockey League, which is Triple A, mm-hmm. most of it is all flights so mm-hmm. and obviously the nhl is as well so this is kind of their last step before they get uh you know have to do some bus trips but um you know our guys are, are a lot of them are highly regarded draft picks that are looking to make that next step um with nhl contracts and and uh you know their goal is to get out there and play as well as they possibly can while they're wearing our sweater and and hopefully take that next step and uh, what's are they all
0: foreign usually or u.s or
1: no well, i think last year's team we were about 50 50 mm-hmm. um You know, Canadian and and, and United States with a couple mixed in from Europe. Yeah. Age brackets of these guys. That's Uh, like, you you know, just like anything, you know, like the Royals just signed a draft pick who was 18 years old. I saw that. Um, You know, we have guys that are as as young as, you know, 19 all the way up to 30, could be 35. We do have some veteran uh, rules in there, and and I'm not 100% sure on all of them, so I wouldn't want to speculate, but there's, you can have about four veterans, which is uh, playing about 300 games uh, a year. Um, or professionally. So if they played 300 games professionally, then they're considered a veteran. So our goal is to have young, skilled, fast players. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at us on the landscape of the world, um, we're probably the third or fourth, fourth best league in the world, depending on what you think of the KHL. Um, whereas comparison, you might look at somebody like sporting, mm-hmm. um, uh, where on the world landscape, they're not as high up as, you know, they're not, a lot of those guys aren't going to play in the English Premier League, mm-hmm. where a lot of our guys you will see in the NHL. So the skill level is really high.
0: How many games a year?
1: There's 72 games, 36 at home.
0: Okay. Man, that is a lot of games. A lot of travel for these guys. Uh, Todd Mackins with us from the Kansas City Mavericks. Uh, about a minute left in this segment. Um, really, really cool stuff here. It's it's just interesting to know that do most of these teams have affiliations with NHL teams, all the 28 teams in the league? Yes. So... They change a lot, or they usually are there some teams, franchises that have been with the same team for a long time. Yes, there's okay. a, most
1: of the teams have kind of a stagnant relationship um, that has stayed consistent with one team. Um, you know what happens in a league like ours is we do have some turnover on teams. So mm-hmm. one team might go under while another team kind of comes back. Um, and with our ownership, we're really confident that that'll never happen to us, but we have seen some teams, uh, you know, where they've either moved cities or done some different things and that will change a lot of times their affiliation. So travel, how quick you can get from place to place and a lot of different things. So
0: in our next segment, Todd, when we get back from the break, I want to talk to you about your, your management and the owner of the team and kind of what that's done for the franchise. Uh, and for the cocky the in Kansas City We're talking to Todd McInaday, the VP of Sales at the Kansas City Mavericks you're listening to Grill Nation on 980M, Kansas City I want to hear you my name And I my mama, mama, my mama, mama. up it up, let's work. Welcome back to Grill Nation on 980 AM. KBZ. you're listening as well on iTunes and Stitcher Radio or by web at grillnationshow.com. I'm your host, Jason Grill. We're in our final segment today. It's been a good show so far. I hope you're enjoying it. I want to get back to our guest, Todd Mackin, who's the vice president of sales at the Kansas City Mavericks, newly rebranded Kansas City Mavericks. The website is kcmavericks.com and on Twitter at kcmavericks underscore Mavericks. Todd, why did you guys decide to change the, uh, the name to the Kansas city Mavericks instead of the Missouri Mavericks?
1: I think it was just pretty simple for us. We wanted it to be all inclusive to our marketplace. Um, we are um, serving uh, so many different people in, in the Kansas City metro area. Uh, when we look at our zip codes for single-game purchasers, group ticket buyers, all those different things, we see a lot of zip codes from Kansas. While our bread is always buttered in eastern Jackson County, we understand that. We wanted to be all-inclusive and all-encompassing of, of what we are as the city of Kansas City. And how has that been received so far? Because it's fairly new. Yeah, very well. Um, we actually just kind of started the rebranding on June the 1st when our uh, season ended. Um, and we're kind of going forward with it right now. Um, and, and we're going to hit it hard coming in September when when training camp starts and, and really push it out to as many people as possible. But it's been very, 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 very well received mm-hmm. uh, from our sponsors and our
0: season ticket holders. Logo design contest. That's going on right now, right? Yeah. We just- so changing the logo of the, the, the typical Mav that you have on most of your stuff, or are you just jersey logo or what are you talking here? So the logo design contest is for one game. It's going to be okay. our
1: opening game. Um we do specialty jerseys that we work with uh, charitable partners on.
0: I saw that last um, year did the uh, Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Yeah, was a very worked, cool jersey.
1: Awesome. We worked with Bob Kendrick over there and it was a great great partnership. We're going to do another one later on the season with the World War 1 Museum this year. Um so we do four of those a year typically um you know representing hockey, representing uh you know cancer awareness, representing uh a Kansas City iconic uh location and also representing the military. So we do a lot of different things uh, on the charitable side of things this is just one piece of that so with our opening day uh coming out as the kansas city mavericks we wanted a, a cool different jersey that we had never thought of or done or yeah. whatever so we're going to do a contest um, we're partnering up with charlie hustle on that where the first opening day we're going to wear the jersey with that logo on it uh, that'll be auctioned off at the end of the game for a charitable partner um, and charlie hustle is going to make uh, t-shirts uh with that same logo for that week uh leading up to it and we're going to kind of co-brand this process. Thought it would be really, really fun for the community to get engaged in it. We have a cash prize for the winner. We have a cash prize for second and we have a cash prize for third. So any designers out there that are excited about um, you know, p- the potential of designing a, a professional sports teams logo and having uh their their logo on on t shirts around the metro, I think this would be a cool opportunity. I'd love to see a, a college kid or something like that
0: win it. It would be really fun. That is cool. And that's cool that you guys do that. And you mentioned the collaboration with Charlie Hussle. So you brought in a Charlie House- t-shirt for me today. Appreciate that. Um there are a lot of local companies doing a lot of collaborations, but I, I feel like the KC Mavericks are really into that. You're really into collaborating with local businesses. Uh one of my businesses, sock 101, early on, had Socks in the team store. So you guys do a lot with community organizations as well as charities.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean uh we also partner with Nile watches and Nile Luxury's been great to work with, you know, like I said with the Stonehouse Winery and and uh, County Beverage, which is the Budweiser distributorship out by us. We do a lot of different things uh, to work hand-in-hand hand and make sure that we're both uh, Infinity of Kansas City is another great example. We had a uh, an ad together on the back of 435 magazine. So Saw that one. That was cool. Them, yeah. You were in that one. I was. <laughs> I was. You were driving uh, the Zamboni. Yeah, driving <laughs> an Infinity on oh, yeah, the ice. Yeah, yeah. it was in Infinity on the yeah. ice. So they have so many cool, uh, you know, collaborations. Where it's really important for us for our partners to really truly be partners and and mm-hmm. and want to get our brand out and our name out as we continue to grow the sport uh, in in this in this community. You
0: mentioned a few years ago the uh, Lamar Hunt Junior uh, Purchase. Just the team and uh, I feel like from that point you've received uh, really a really focus on hockey growth in Kansas City so yeah. what has that process been like because I know you were there in the former regime and then the the Hunt family obviously is well known in Kansas City uh, and it was really a passion it sounded like of him to grow the sport in this in this region there's no doubt um,
1: he's been awesome and and we're really excited and lucky to have him as our owner um, and, and to your point, exactly what you said, his goals are to grow this, the mark, uh, grow hockey in this market and, uh, and, and not only just in where we're playing at, but I think there's some ideas of some growth with additional rinks down the line mm-hmm. and, uh, really trying to offer an opportunity for kids to play. And one of the first things he did when he came on here was help unify youth hockey uh, in Kansas City, um, developing the KCYHA, uh, which I think so far has been a real success, but there's still opportunity to continue to grow that. Uh, the more kids we can get on the ice, the more fans that we're going to automatically have, and the more opportunities that uh, that Kansas Cityans have to, to play hockey, I think the better the sport will be.
0: Have you noticed a big change already in the few, first few years since you... Uh started working with Lamar Hunt Jr.? Have you you seen more of an interest? Because I know I've seen an interest more so since you started, when the team started, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we were kids, they had the Kansas City Blades, and they were pretty big. So, I mean, I know hockey was was there back then, but now it seems to be it's taking it to the next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, our attendance is one of the best in our league, um, we've seen continued growth in that. Um, while we've always had really, really good support, even prior to when Lamar purchased the team, we had great support from, mm-hmm. from our, uh, our fans in the city. Um, we've seen that kind of spread out a little bit. So we're getting a lot more from Kansas zip codes and the Northland and Kansas City Metro, wow. um, where before we had, we still have such a great support system, uh, right there in our own backyard. And we were really, really excited to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're really seeing our name and our brand, um, be seen throughout the, throughout the Metro.
0: And one of the things you're doing with that, too, is you have a TV contract. Yes. And so talk to me about that. I know our good friend of the show and uh, <clears throat> Royals Insider contributor, Joel Goldberg, is the uh, does some play-by-play for you guys now. Yeah. So and, and you're on a TV contract now.
1: Correct. We, uh, we've partnered with KSMO uh, the past two years and uh, averaged about 10 games a year uh had some great ratings out there on on TV and and just even stepped it up last year with bringing Joel on board um one of our assistant coaches Simon Watson uh, and former player does our uh color commentary mm. and they do a great job the broadcast is NHL quality um Niles Media helps us do the the production of it um and and we're really really excited about that partnership and continuing to grow it cuz the way we look at it, it's a nice three-hour um, commercial for us. We've done all our Friday night games. We call it Friday Night Ice. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> kind of clever with that. But um, you know, the sport is 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 fun to watch uh, on TV, but even better to watch in person.
0: That's what everyone says, right? Yeah, I love it in person. Tell me about that experience. What people can expect when they come to a, a hockey a game at uh, your arena, and uh, what's the time usual time of a game for kids to sit there and watch? And I know people get involved too if they're closer to the ice. What are the options? I know you have suites. Yep. We have it all there.
1: Yeah, so we have 29 luxury suites, so the luxury options are definitely there. The uh, suites look exactly like what you'd see at the Sprint Center. So everything's, uh, very first class. Um, the lower bowl, um, there's not a bad seat in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, we have glass seats all the way up to the top rows and, and the ends and, and it's just all kinds of ticketing options. Our tickets are as low as $15. So opportunities for anybody and any family, uh, to come out there. We have group rates if you bring additional people, but our experience really is about family affordable entertainment. Um, it's, it's gonna be a fun atmosphere for, for anybody to come to. It's a, it, the entertainment value is at a very, very high level. Um, we pack the place. The energy in there is as high as you'd see at any place in this, in Kansas City. And, uh, and when we score a goal and, and, and the place
0: is packed, uh, I, there's nothing really quite like it. It really isn't. Uh, got some fun games too at intermission that I've seen you, uh, partake in. Yeah, I mean, Chuck obviously, puck. Uh, you know. Chuck a puck's <laughs> the one, right?
1: Everybody gets an opportunity to throw a puck on the ice, uh, foam puck. And uh, if you make it in the cash can, you can win up to, you know, I've seen somebody win $2,500. So really? Really good dollar amount there. And when and it, and it all goes to a good cause, we we work with our charitable partners on that to sell the puck. So it's a it's a very community-driven uh, event.
0: Mavericks.com. Todd, I appreciate you coming on the show. want to give a quick shout-out to your GM who was named Executive of the Year last week in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, well-deserved. Brent does a great job leading our team, uh, both on and off the ice.
0: That's very cool. Great person to work with. Uh, Todd Mackin has been our guest, VP of Sales at the Kansas City Mavericks. Check it out at kcmavericks.com, on Twitter, at kc underscore mavericks. Appreciate all the information, and uh, very interesting to hear about what's going on in the world of hockey here in Kansas City. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Todd. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation with Jason Grope. You enjoyed the show. We'll see you again next week. Appreciate you joining us as well on iTunes and Stitcher Radio today. Have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.